my father, my Abba father, is the best. And no one, no one holds a candle to my heavenly father. Psalm 103, verse number 8. The Bible says right here, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquity. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And Matthew, in all reality, it's a simple service. You can just stay in here. It doesn't matter tonight. This is Father's Day, and it, I think it's fitting to have some little kids make a little bit of noise in church. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And uh, so tonight it's okay. That doesn't mean next Sunday it's okay, but tonight it's okay. And so, but, um, I don't know, is that a Viking shirt? And that says the number one dad on the back of it. You still cheer for that team? Yeah, it's like being a Charger fan. We get close, but never close enough. I know what it is to be like a Viking fan and a Charger fan. We look at our text here tonight as we talk about how awesome our Heavenly Father is. Truly, He is the world's greatest dad. No one holds a candle to our Lord. As we look at these verses, I'm not going to even preach on these thoughts right here, but just look at verse 8 through 10. He's merciful and he's gracious. He's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. Guess what? His anger doesn't last. You see that there? And he doesn't give us what we deserve. It doesn't get any better than what God does. A great example for the dads in this room is what the Lord does. I mentioned this morning, we will never measure up to the Lord. But we have a standard to look to. When it comes to marriage, the same thing. We have a standard in Jesus Christ to look to. I'm grateful tonight that God doesn't give me what I deserve. Now, I know we live in a world today that doesn't view child-rearing and things the way they might have maybe back in the past. But I will just say this. As a child, I got spanked. And I'll tell you this, and Matthew is back there. Yeah, she's like, don't do it, Daddy. Don't do it. Don't do it, Daddy. Yeah, if you don't pinch them, Matthew, they don't, they don't make as much noise, you know. And so I'm just kidding. Matthew does a great job with those kids. And um, when, we look, when we think about it and we look at it, I got spanked some as a kid, but I would say this, and those of you that, that did get spanked as a kid, you probably could look back and say, I probably deserved it a lot more than what I got it. I think that, that for myself, I think that's true. And there's a few times, I remember there was one time after, after I got done, my dad, I looked at my dad and my, I told him, I didn't do it! And he's like, well, that made up for one of the times you did do it and you got away with it. And there were many more times that I got away with things than I got in trouble. 
And as we look at this passage, when we look at the Lord, and we think about the fact that he did, he, look, at what, look at verse number 10 there. It says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. What do we deserve for our sin? We know this already, right? We deserve death. That's what we deserve. We deserve nothing else but death. Aren't you grateful tonight that your Heavenly Father didn't reward you with what you deserve for what you do? I'm grateful for that tonight. And what a Heavenly Father we have. And when we look at these things and we think about what God has done, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that my Heavenly Father is the absolute best. When we look at this, we're not even looking at verse 8 through 10. We're looking at verse 11 through verse 13 tonight. And we're going to look at just a few thoughts tonight. Number one, you got an outline there. My Father loves consistently. He loves consistently. Verse 11 tells us there, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that love him. The word mercy here has the meaning of loving kindness. It comes from a Hebrew word, and it's C-H-E-S-E-D, something like that. And I know there are other people that could say it better than me. But when we look at this word, it refers to the fact that God is loyal in his love. It doesn't mean that God sometimes loves. It doesn't mean that he loves us when we're good to him or he's merciful only certain times to us. That's not what it says here. And for us, we, it's easy for us to love people when they love us, right? That's real easy to be good to someone when they're good to us. But God doesn't love us just when we're lovable, And I know some of you think, I'm always lovable. No, you're not, okay? Just remember that. None of us are always lovable. You might think you are, but that's not not reality. You're not always lovable. None of us are. And when we look at this passage, and we see the fact here that a lot of times, well, if someone does something for me, then I like them, or whatever the case may be, and God loves you based on who he is and not who you are. Isn't that a wonderful thing? His love is consistent tonight. It's never-ending. It never stops. There is nothing that you and I can do to separate us from God's love tonight. He is a God that loves us. Our Heavenly Father's love is consistent tonight. He loves you every moment of every day. He loved you before you were ever born, and He'll love you even that last breath you take here on earth. He loves you tonight. Don't take that love for granted. My father, he loves consistently, and I'm so grateful for that. Number two tonight, my father forgives completely. He forgives completely. Verse 12, look at verse 12. I'm glad the verse 12 doesn't read like this. As far as the north is from the south, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Did you know if you leave from here and head north, You can go a long ways. You can get to the North Pole, but when you get to the top and the North Pole, wherever that, all that up there, and once you pass Santa Claus and all that stuff, and you start going down the other side, you're going south. Until you hit the South Pole, and then you're going north. North and south meet one another at both ends of the spectrum. But did you know tonight, if you were to go east and continue going east, you'll eventually hit the Atlantic Ocean, right? 
and you'll cross the ocean, you'll hit some land over there, and I'm not going to go through all my geography and all that tonight, but you keep going east, you're, you eventually, if you keep going east, you can get right back to the spot. And then you can keep going east and going east, and east will never stop. If you go west of here, about 50 miles, you're going to 40, 50 miles, you're going to hit the ocean. Then you can get over to Japan and all that, and you can go all the way around west and come all the way back to this spot, and you can keep going west. East and west never meet. So look at this verse and what it says, as far as the east is from the west. Literally, they never meet. That's how much God forgives you and I. Look at what it says there. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. This is how our Heavenly Father has dealt with our sin. He has forgiven us completely. He chooses to forget. He does not remember. And when Satan goes before God and says, Hey, you remember that guy Brian that's down there? And you remember what he's done and all the bad that he's done in his life? The Lord looks at him and says, What, what sin are you talking about? I don't see it. I've chosen to forgive him. And tonight we look at the fact that our Heavenly Father, he loves consistently, but he forgives us completely. And thank God for the fact that he loves us tonight. And thank God for the fact that he forgives us tonight. When we think about 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse number 10 of chapter number 4 tells us, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation literally means he paid off our debt. We are forgiven completely. Jesus' payment appeased God for the penalty of death. And because we've been forgiven, and that's the thing you got to understand tonight. So many people are trying to work their way to heaven and find forgiveness. What Jesus did on the cross was complete. When he said it is finished, literally, it was finished. There's nothing else that had to be done, and he forgives us completely. And that's where he tells us to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Ephesians 4.32, Joe is falling asleep back there. It's been a long Father's Day for him back there. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We've been forgiven completely, and we should forgive others completely. We see tonight, why is my Heavenly Father the best? He loves consistently. He forgives completely. And number three, and lastly tonight, my Father relates compassionately. Look at verse number 13. Like as a father pitieth his children... So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. That word pity there means compassion. It's not sympathy, feeling sorry for somebody. That's important, but that's not what compassion is or what pity here. It's also not empathy, feeling what someone feels. What compassion does, compassion requires an action. It's doing something about what one is concerned about. When Jesus was moved with compassion for the crowd, he didn't just say, oh, they, I feel bad for them, or I can relate to them. No, he did something for that crowd. 
That's what we think about the Good Samaritan. He, the, the other men, they might have said, oh, look at this poor guy. But the guy that did something is the one who showed the compassion. And that's exactly what my father did for me in looking at my condition and looking where I was and saying, Brian and all the people on earth need something so that they can be saved. And there's nothing they can do, so I will send my son, son, let him be rejected of them, let them crucify him, and he will die for the sins of the entire world. God said, I see the need, and I'm going to do something about it. Not even going to go there, but that next verse just always floors me every time I read verse 14. He knoweth our frame. He remembers that we're dust. Wouldn't it do us good to, when we look at people, realize that they're not going to be perfect, just like I'm not perfect? And it might help you in how you deal with other people. If we could look at people the way Jesus looks at people, or the way God looks at people, like sometimes I look at people and I just get annoyed. I think Anybody ever get annoyed with people? I get annoyed. I really do. Drivers a lot, all that good stuff. I get annoyed. If I were God, I would be annoyed every minute of every day and every second. But he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. And what a heavenly father he is. You see tonight... In Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23, we actually sang about this this morning. And this is where that song, Graze Thy Faithfulness, it comes from. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Our Heavenly Father has proven His faithfulness to us. As we look here tonight and as we think on these things, why my Heavenly Father is the best is because He loves consistently. Not only does He love consistently, He forgives completely. Not only does He love completely and do all these things, He relates to us compassionately. And you know what the problem is? He loves us consistently, and we love part-time based on how we're treated and what goes on in our life. He forgives completely, and we forgive halfway and remember the wrongs others have done to us. He relates compassionately about us, and he does something. We see people that might have problems, but we don't do anything more. Why my Heavenly Father is the best? He loves us. He's forgiven us, and he's compassionate with us. We could go a lot further with all of that. But I want you to go back to earlier in the verses there, verse 1, 2, and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. The fact is, it would do us all well to remember that he's merciful and he's gracious. That he's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. That he doesn't stay angry and he forgives us and doesn't give us what we truly deserve. Then he loves us completely. He for, or sorry, he loves us consistently. 
And I would say he loves us completely. I think that's a good statement too. He forgives completely. And he's compassionate towards us. That's why at the end of the day, no dad anywhere holds a candle to my heavenly father. He is the absolute best. And this world does not realize what they're missing. Because everything everybody outside of Christ is looking for, they could have with their Heavenly Father. Literally, all of it. So Christian, I encourage you not to forget what the Lord's done. Keep it fresh in your mind. I would keep this passage, Psalm 103, it would be one that I run to weekly. I do. I read every week. I will not go a week without reading this passage because I don't want to forget. And we do. Like we say in that song this morning, we will remember, we will remember. In all honesty, we will forget. We will forget. That's what Israel did, right? They forgot. Don't forget all that your heavenly Father's done. And live for him today. Give your very best to him today because you don't know what tomorrow will hold. Father, we thank you for the time that we've had.